And I'm going to uh, begin right now. So tonight I'm going to talk to, to, to three different people just about their story. And often as you hear different people's story as they've connected with God and what he's done, it just it can help uh, light things up that maybe didn't make sense before. So the very first person that we're going to talk to tonight, her name is Amy. Her name is Amy Walker. I want you to get, put your hands together, make her very welcome as she comes up here. Hello. Hello, Amy. Hi. How are you going? I'm good. Excellent. <laughs> How long ago did you get water baptized? Oh, it was probably 2012, 2013. Okay, like so, yeah. what's that, five or six years ago. Yeah. All right. So give us a bit, give us a little bit of your background, okay? So your yeah. family and church background. Did you have any church background going no. up? No. <laughs> no. So I was born in England and none of my family, like I've never heard of anyone knowing anything to do with God, never even had the name mentioned to me, didn't even know who God or Jesus was. Right. Yeah, it wasn't until I came over to Australia. Yep that I heard something about God. So, yeah. And who did you hear from? Like, yeah, well, my little sister, she um, had a friend called Gerald Lee. She's yes. an awesome youth girl that we have here. Mm-hmm. And she invited Lucy to go to youth. Oh. And mum's like, oh, go on, you might as well go with Lucy. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so at this age, how old are you? Oh, I was pr- probably 12. Okay, yeah. 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 And I, but yeah, I ended up going and I met so many amazing people and I felt really at home and I just felt accepted. And yeah, I started loving it. And then I went to church that wow. week, yeah. yeah, and then the second That's awesome. time. So just for a moment, youth is every Friday night here, right? And you're yeah. a youth leader now, right? So every yeah. Friday night, grade 6 to 8, grade 9 to 12, give our youth team a big hand. They do an amazing job. <laughs> okay, so except for the school holidays. They're not meeting the school holidays, so don't come next Friday because that'll be weird. Okay, yeah. uh, so okay, so you, when you came to church, no background at all. What did you think mm. when you first stepped into church? Well, at start, like... I was, it was a little bit like daunting. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many people, you know, they're raising their hands, they're talking in tongues, what is this? And right. I was what in the I back row. Yep. Yeah, I was in the back row and I was with a couple of friends and it was, um, and then it came to the time for the altar call and right. I remember like closing my eyes and you talking and it was like literally like everything went quiet around me and all I could hear was your voice and it was really just speaking to me. Oh, my heart was pounding and I was like no I don't like this I don't like this I was like I don't want to get out here and then like I remember so I had like um it was at the time David and Jack sat next to me and they were like oh do you want to go up do you want to go up and I was like oh I was like oh okay I'll go up and so I went up and that was when I gave my life and it turned out my mum walked up next to me and she gave her life at the same time wow okay so we're we're talking about a moment that we have every service where people have an opportunity to say yep I want to receive forgiveness from God and start that relationship so for you now I remember when your your family started coming because your dad was like no way your dad's here tonight right how long did dad hold out for uh quite a while like I do remember the first time he came to church and I hadn't met Kathy Clancy yet and she walked up to him and he seemed to know her and I was like oh how do you know Kathy Clancy and he said oh she promised she'd sing a song if I came and so she sang daddy boy to dad awesome (laughs) it was really funny whatever it takes to get people to church we'll we'll do it all right (laughs) yeah okay so what's so for you then connecting with Jesus what what changed uh giving my life like at like when I was younger I had bullying when I was in England and stuff so I had a lot of like hurt that I was carrying around and stuff and so it was like I was very anxious I was a very shy person and um naturally like I am like quite reserved but I do like to have fun and stuff like that but that kind of hold me back but when after I came 
into like God's presence and everything, he just like overflowed me with his laugh oh. and he was able to show me who I am through his eyes. Oh. And so I started loving myself more and I like helped wow. me come out my shell and then that's how I was able to become a youth leader and all that wow. kind of stuff. Wow, because bullying is a brutal thing and quite common yeah. all around the world, okay, wherever you go, just putting you down and, you know, that, that sort of heaviness that you feel when you feel bad about yourself. So you found that, that lifted. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. That's yeah. an amazing thing. Okay, so then your journey going on a little bit further. You had a little bit of a detour off the path. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about that. I did. So I was going strong with God for quite a while. And then, like, I noticed, like, my God time with God, I was struggling to connect with Him. Yeah. And so it's really, like, important that during the time that you're struggling to connect with God, it's right. so important to stay connected in the church and stuff yeah. like that, which I did. Yeah. But I, like managed to like get off my path and stuff and when you're not spending time with God it's easy for the enemy to come in and like knock you off the rails and stuff and so you know I was just getting involved in things and I was I wasn't paying any attention to God and I just wanted to find fulfillment but I wasn't finding anything um and so yeah it ended up blowing up and I ended up going through anxiety and I was having like constant anxiety (laughs) and stuff It's okay, you're doing good. It's okay. Um, Family life kind of like blew up. Yeah. And I knew that that was my fault and stuff. So I was trying to like repair that and mend it. Blaming yourself, feeling guilty. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, I knew I had to get prayer because I knew like, you know, I can't get this off myself. I've walked off my path too much. And so I need God, I need help. Yeah. So I remember coming to the front of the service, like front of the altar after a service, and yeah. I went for looked for Marita because you know Marita's awesome. She's awesome. And I was like, "Can you please just pray for me to get healing and just to be washed clean? Right. And I just want to feel God's presence again." Yeah. Yeah. And she said, "Sure thing." But like when I was stood there and I was getting prayer, like I knew God is a good God, so I knew He'd already forgiven me. I've already asked for forgiveness. Right. So I knew He'd forgiven me, but I hadn't forgiven myself. And I was still carrying that hurt. And I remember standing there, and the only thoughts in my mind were, I just want to forget. I want to forget the hurt. I want to forget the pain. I want this to go away. And because I was just tormenting memories and stuff like that. And I remember as soon as that thought came into my mind, she spoke, God says all has been forgotten. And like in that moment, like I just burst into tears God's presence came upon me and it's like I couldn't control myself like and everything was washed clean the anxiety was gone like I wasn't having anxiety attacks anymore like it was amazing awesome yeah well done okay so that so that and I I think it's important to to share that because sometimes people go well I became a Christian and I was going so well and then then I just you know I got distracted or stuff went down and and maybe I can never come back again maybe I can never get back on track again the awesome thing about God is there's no like you get this many passes and then you're out you, you just can keep coming back and keep asking forgiveness and he meets you so that's really powerful so talk yeah. to us a little bit now then for you in terms of what what keeps you what keeps you motivated and what keeps you close to God yeah so it's pretty like I find one of the most um best things for me to connect with God is definitely my worship music yep so um Lately, I've just been listening to a lot of worship music, and before I even like start praying or listen to the word, I just have to listen to music, just awesome. sing some praises, awesome. you know, because it's always good to start off with praising God's name and thanking yeah. Him for what you have and all your blessings and stuff. And then I just go into prayer and then just into the word and stuff like that. And you know, it's really been helping like 
fill my spirit and stuff and yep. I've started doing internship yes. and Bible Beautiful. college yeah. and everything and I like I was praying for a while to get work because yep. I had just come out of school when I needed work and yep. I was like God come on give me a job and he ended up blessing me with this amazing reception job here awesome awesome <laughs> yeah. fantastic you're on fire Amy you're doing so well yeah. we're so proud of you and Thank I love you. I love like because and I'm in two weeks' time, I'm actually going to be talking about overcoming anxiety because yeah. it's such a big challenge for so many people. We did a survey this morning, and I read through all the results, and lots of people said, anxiety is an issue I struggle with. Can you preach about that? Yeah. And so I know your story is going to encourage people that in a moment, like in a moment, God's Spirit can touch you and lift shame and anxiety off you. Yeah. He's awesome. So thank you so much. Thank Put you your hands together for Amy. Thank you so much. <laughs> No matter what your background, no matter whether you've grown up in church or not, God loves you and he wants to connect with you and he's got a plan for you. So that's so powerful. Uh, next, I'm going to invite Jordan up here. You've seen him earlier on the big screen, but can you come on up here? This is Jordan Meads, everybody. <laughs> hey, Jordy. Pastor John. How are you going? I'm good. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. You weren't a paid model for that, were you? Oh. No. On the side. On the right. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they didn't tell me that's what went on. No. Okay. So, okay, just just because there'll be different backgrounds and different people out here. You are a sports lover. You're a football fan. Just tell us a bit about your, your football life before we talk about your church life. Yeah, I've been extremely fortunate in my life. I've um, had rugby in my blood growing up as a New Zealander and um, always dreamed to be an All Black. And I've had the, the blessing of opportunity to go and play overseas and play all over the world, so it's been amazing. Well done, man. And still playing here for Kiwana? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five kilos a bit more, but Okay, right. but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Still playing. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, so you, okay, you grew up in New Zealand. How long have you been in Australia for? Um, I've been in Australia for the best part of uh, six years now. Okay. So just give us a, a snapshot of your upbringing, your Kiwi upbringing. Yeah, for sure. So... Um, so I was fortunate enough to, to grow up in a really loving family. I was a typical New Zealand Weetbix kid. Um, my parents didn't go to church. They didn't believe in God. Um, so there was no spirituality there as such. Right. Um, when I was 14, I got the opportunity of a lifetime to, um, to sign for a pretty, pretty prominent NRL club here yep. in Australia. Yep. And I was knocking on the door and telling my parents, please let me go, please let me go. And they, um, they decided to let me go. And... Um, Little did I know, I was, I was a 13-year-old living with a bunch of 18-year-olds in, yeah. in Brisbane, which is a, I was exposed to things that 14-year-olds probably never should be exposed to, yeah. and yeah. I probably got a distorted view of, of what it's like to be a man and yeah. how to handle drugs and alcohol and women, and I was taken to places that 13-year-olds should probably never go, and yeah. Yeah. and that was pretty much my, my gig there. Okay, well, and what, family background, what was going on with, with family life? Yeah, I, th I thought I had a pretty conservative um, family. The, my parents were, um, they, they broke up pretty early, and they used to fight, and there was a lot of abuse going on, and they had divorced and courts and all that kind of stuff, but I thought that was normal, so... Right. Because if you grow up with that, you just think that's what everyone has and it's normal, right? Absolutely. Okay, so, so tell me, because often people can have the concept that, wow, if you get, ex if you get the experience of the party life, you get the experience of, of, of all of the, the aspects of the party life that lots of people maybe hope is going to be fulfilling, was it fulfilling for you? Oh, for a few hours it was. Yes. But, um, but after that, no way, no way. And I was really after that stability and everyone knows that your teenage years are the most important years of your life. And I was there and, um, and I had this distorted view of, of men and right. what, it was, what it was like to be a male. And I really wanted a bit of stability in my life. So I went back to New Zealand and I thought I was going back into my loving family home, which I did. But 
Um, in the meantime, my, my parents got addicted to a pretty lethal drug, and um, and then that kind of tipped life upside down before I met my wife. Wow. Okay. So what? So what's going on then on the inside of Jordan Meads at this time? Let's say you're what you're 18 or you're 19 at that point. Yeah. What's going on? Um, I think I was just a product of my last four years, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, "Cool. Well, if I can if I can live with, by myself, and I pretty much did live by myself for four years." As a teenager, I said, cool, I can get through this on my own understanding. So every circumstance and every situation I encountered from there on in, it was based on what I knew for the last four years. And what I knew for the last four years wasn't real life. So it wasn't pretty and there was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of distortment of of thoughts and yep. and all that kind of stuff and being a good human. Yeah, wow. Okay, so so what happened then? So no God background. Yep. You're, you're in this sort of this life that's leading you probably down on a downward spiral and breaking relationships and betraying trust, all sorts of things. What happened for you in terms of what got you to connect with God? Yeah, so um, so I was blessed enough once I got back from New Zealand to, um, to meet my wife. It was a huge blessing for me. Um, look, I loved her, but I didn't know how to love her. And I remember one day we got a... We got a phone call from my manager, and he goes, hey, do you want a gig in France? And I was like, yep, cool, awesome. And he's like, mate, it's, um, you're staying in the Ritz part of France. You're getting a beautiful car, nice house, lots of money, all that kind of stuff. I was like, done. We packed our bags, been over the shoulder, and, and took off. And once we got there, it was like one of the projects in America or something like that. I hope no one's lives in a project in America. Right, but right. it was a... The hood. You went to the hood. We went to the real, real hood. The right. real hood. And... Um, and yeah, so essentially we didn't get paid. There was, um, they didn't pay the electricity bill, so there was nothing there. Um, wow. they, we, they couldn't speak English, which was pretty tough. And I was blessed that, um, that my wife's mum actually gave her a Bible. Oh. And so my wife had two choices when I was going out on the drinks and drugs and all that kind of stuff. Courtney had a, a choice of solitaire or the Bible, you know. So, uh, solitaire I'm, or the Bible. And I'm blessed she chose the Bible, so... I remember that, look, we went, we went in a good place. We are in a really rough place. And, um, and Courtney said, hey, we're going back and we're joining a church. Wow. And uh, we were desperate. Things were, things were doom and gloom. So yep. we got on a plane and 24 hours later, we Googled churches on the Sunshine Coast. And we arrived here and it was just the most emotional thing. I think growing up with a group of boys, you're probably not so susceptible to crying. And I remember walking in here and hearing the message and hearing God speak to my heart. And I just burst into tears and it was a... There's a new beginning for me. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, because it's interesting, and I've heard it heard it said like this: when people pursue pleasure for a while, it's fun, but it ends up trapping you. It ends up actually controlling you. And what was fun for a while ends up. The, the Bible says it tastes like honey, but it ends up like gravel in your stomach. So true. And so you're in that sort of space. So, so, so coming to church, you're crying. Okay, which is good for you to admit to all of us, because. Or, you know, that's actually... It's frequent now, don't we? It is a, it's an okay yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, well, of joy. This, this, is, this is the thing. Tears is actually God's way of getting pain out of your soul. So if you've got pain in your soul from experiences that's locked up in there, the way he heals us, tears is one of the ways. And often people come and they're worshipping. They don't know, what, why am I crying? I'm okay. I'm quite happy. It's, it's God. So Okay, so when did you make a decision to receive Jesus as your Savior? So to forgive your sin and begin a relationship with him? It was actually my first service here. It wasn't, I want to meet Jesus. It was, hey, I'm, 
I've got nothing, yeah. and I'm just going to put my trust into him. So I remember, um, I think it was um, Jürgen Matasius yeah. that, that spoke, and he told a, told a great story, and he asked if we'd like to invite Jesus into our life, and I just put my hand up. It was premeditated. I knew I was going to put my hand up. Awesome. And I put my hand up, and I just gave my life to Jesus, and life has been, yeah, never been the same. Wow, that's awesome. Now, you, you did one of the Alpha courses. We saw a, a promo for Alpha earlier. Tell us about what that was like for you, because you, no, no spiritual Christian background. Yep. You were starting from ground zero. So what, how did Alpha help you with that? Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, look, you can't fight feeling, and I felt love, and I felt peace, and I felt acceptance from Jesus, but... I guess there are so many unanswered questions about like if um, if if there is a God, why do why do bad things happen to good oh, people and all oh, that kind of stuff yeah. and um, and where does God live and how God come about and I think the opportunity to go to Alpha and ask those questions and have a have a bit of food and really get to know Him better yeah. was a huge significant moment in our journey to say hey cool this is we're all in here that's awesome because that's like a six week course we're going to start a few of those in a couple of weeks time just a six week course watch a video have a feed talk about it uh, okay one more thing your water baptism yeah. what was that like. Yeah, it was amazing. So when we become Christians, everything become really natural to us. You know, we started serving straight away. We started tithing straight away. We, we, um, we were involved in all the programs, which is awesome. But I guess the, the baptism was like the, the no way back moment for us. You know, oh. it was like the moment that we were stepping out as a public de- declaration for like an internal feeling to say, hey, look, this is us for good and no more looking back. Fantastic. And so you, you have just become a dad in the last 12 months, which is awesome. How has that changed your perception of what God's like and his love? Yeah, amazing. So it's, um, look, as a male, it's hard to, hard to feel how much God actually loves us. You know, I, th- I feel like there's a cap on love. And I think when you actually have a daughter and you feel like and you understand how much you love her and then knows, know that God actually loves you far more than that is, is breathtaking, makes you pretty emotional. That's beautiful. So, he does love you. Jordy, thank you good. so much for coming and sharing with us. Put your hands together for Jordan tonight. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Doesn't matter. You know, sometimes people think that church looks like this, a really narrow door. You've got to fit a certain mold to get through the door to be accepted. And, and you know, that's just the way it is. We, we've made a decision that this church is going to have a really wide door, really big door. You don't have to look the same, talk the same. You don't have to have any preconceived background or any, you know, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, whatever you've experienced, you are welcome. If you want to connect with God, that's what we're all about helping you connect with God. So put your hands together again for Jordan. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. The, the, the third uh, person that I'm going to talk to, his name's Amanda Ensby or Mandy, and we're going to ask you to come on up right now wherever you are, Mandy. So can you put your hands together for her as we talk together about what God has done in your life? How you going, Mandy? You're going good. Forget about them. We're just having a little conversation up here, all right? Just, just you and me, all right? You're doing okay. Just say a quick hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. All right. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit just about your story. It's really powerful. Yep. So you've been coming along to this church for how long now? A year and a half. A year and a half. Mm-hmm. And lots has changed for you, right? A lot's changed. I, I've watched just this sense of, of uh, almost like a pain that's that's been on you and in you and just watched it sort of bit by bit drift off and you come alive and you've got this gorgeous smile and it's just, you're radiating God's love, okay? So so you you actually had a pretty tough upbringing, hey? Yep. 
Just, just in a, a little, in a couple of sentences, tell yep. us what that was like. Um, yeah, it was rough. Um, yep. I had an abusive father. Um, he was like physically and mentally abusive. Yep. Um, never knew my mother, so I was raised by my grandparents. My father worked away a lot. Yeah. Um, had a neighbour who um, went to church. Yes. Um, and my grandparents allowed me to go to church, so that's when I first okay, met God. Okay, so you had a sort of taste of church as a kid, but you've got all this pain going on with your dad and non-present mum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And, and often when that happens for people, when there's people will go, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. Mm-hmm. But often the never, the focus of never means that they get trapped in relationships like that. You Is do. that what happened for you? Yes, it did. So I, um, at 15, I left home yeah. and I ended up in a relationship with a Catholic guy yeah. um, who used to beat me up. Yeah. So for five years I was with him and um, after I was black and blue, I was three weeks off getting married and I walked oh, out. Hold it up a bit higher. There we go. Sorry. Okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I walked out just before I was going to get married. Wow. And then a year later I ended up um, getting married at 21 mm-hmm. to another abusive person. Wow. Um, and I ended up um, having three children with him yeah. and I lasted with him for 10 years. Wow. And that was abusive to you was, and then to your and children? And then to my children. So th- I want to pause it there for a moment because often when people go through really traumatic things that is not their fault at all, yep. a couple of things can happen. One is they can blame God yep. and go, why did you let that happen to me? And so that can block them from God. And the other is like a, a hatred for that person builds up. But then mm-hmm. in that, it's like that hatred gets so locked in and it actually ends up becoming a cycle of, of behavior that you attach to. Yep. And the only way to break it is actually, and that's it, so counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. it's to forgive the person who hurt you because when you forgive them, you break that control over your life and you break the cycle of those kind of relationships. Counterintuitive, but, but often your story would not be uncommon for lots of people. No, no. Okay, so, so I'll keep coming along then for you. So in terms of mental health and, and emotional world... Yep, so when I separated from him um, and then I found out that my children were being abused and yeah. locked in bedrooms and things, um, I started... Um, severely depressed. Yes. I couldn't walk um, wow. without maybe sometimes nearly wetting myself. Wow. Medication. Yeah. And then I got to the stage that I nearly drove off the side of the highway bringing my kids home because no. I couldn't deal with it anymore. Wow. Wow. So that's continued on yeah. um, through until about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like having anxiety attacks yep. and panic, panic attacks, attacks, all of this stuff, yep. world closing in on you, okay? And so, okay, 18 months ago, what happened? Um, my accountant, um, Mark McKenzie, yes. um, which has been my accountant for about seven years, yes. um, I went in and seen him mm-hmm. um, and um, he had mentioned that he went to a boot camp yes. with, with me, with you. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't yeah. know me. but you, I didn't know you, yeah, no. Yeah. And um, Mark used to touch base with me because we had a couple of companies yes. um, and he knew what I was going through and yep. he knew with my children what I'd gone through yep. and he just used to ring up and make sure I was still alive yeah um and yeah see if you're okay t- touch base and make sure I was okay sometimes I thought he was my counselor yeah wow yeah he's a good man he's he a, is he's a good man there was a point then when because he, he started to invite you to church he after did. so about two years ago Mark himself first came to church he's yep. an accountant with a catholic background but totally disconnected from God and he he went through his own crisis and connected with God and his yep. family. So he, he invited you to hear. Yep. Now, why did that blow you away? 
because when I found out it was for C3, um, I've actually lived on the church land for, at that time, nine years. So, so you, you live in a little house on the 30 acres of land that our church owns. Yep. So you've been there while we've had land parties, yep. prayer meetings, yes. set the tent up, yes. and you're over living in the house. And I was listening to it. What were you thinking is going on over in that place? Well, I did go up once, yeah. um, which is why I could hear Sally when I first came here. Uh-huh. I, knew, I heard her voice. I heard that voice. I knew that voice. How awesome And is that? Lucy, I knew Lucy's voice. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, and I did want to walk up there yeah. um, and, and see, but then it was a bit loud. Yes, um, sorry about that. And, and, so and it was it was not the church that I had been to right. when I was younger right. because it was um, yeah everything was on yeah some this is what you read and right. was okay. nothing like nothing that nothing like that no. so you had an experience where where you went to see Mark as your accountant yep. and he asked if he could pray, pray for, for you yep. all right so what happened because um, so you're in a really dark place at this point I right? was um, yeah. Suicidal, yep. um, and I was at the stage that they were trying to put me into Nambour Mental Hospital. Yeah. Yep. So um, I went in for a meeting, yes. and um, he wanted to pray for me straight away, but we had business to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, deal with your tax <laughs> first, right? Sort that out. Yeah. Um, and then he um, he asked if he could pray for me, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I said yes, yeah. and then he got up and locked the door. That's awesome. That's a, <laughs> and I freaked like, out. What's going to happen now, right? And yeah. I thought, don't touch my hand, yeah. because I know when yeah. people... So he didn't. He sat across yeah. the other side of the boardroom, yeah. and he had mentioned that he was speaking, could He's speak in, in tongues. tongues. Right, yeah. Um, so he invited God to come in. This is not your average accountant, is it? No. <laughs> so, and then he started speaking in tongues. Yeah. And so I, what did that feel like? So, it meant, so in your mind, what's going on? I couldn't move. Right. I, I freaked out, yep. but I knew that there was something there, and right. it was—it was just, yeah, it was an experience that I—I I couldn't. I felt like I wanted to get up and walk out. Yes. And I could hear his staff walking around outside. <laughs> right. And he was getting louder and louder. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, but I was still focusing, <laughs> trying to focus on what he was talking about. Wow. wow. And then um, he knew. He just kept asking for God to that I didn't need medication. Right. Um, at that time, I was on about 200 milligrams of medication. Yeah. Um, yep. And I was on tranquilizers to stop my panic attacks. Wow. Okay. So, so I he's prayed out. for you, walked out, felt something's yep. changed, and then what, he invited you to come to church? No, I went back and seen him the next day yep. to drop paperwork off, yep. and he wasn't available, so yep. I emailed him. And I told him that I'd looked up the website. Yes. And, um, yeah, so he rang me back that night. Uh-huh. And... Um, I ended up in church that Sunday. Wow. Sitting out the car park, and I didn't know if he was going to come, and I used every excuse. Yes. Um, then when I walked in the door, that was, yeah, because I'd been sheltered for 11 years away from people. Right. I right. walked into a massive crowd. Was yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if anything's going to set off a panic attack, it's walking it into been a big there. crowd. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was highly dressed. Yes. Everybody was casual. Right. So You're like just, coming to church I, for I, I, a proper I, experience to honour God, right? I, exactly. Right, exactly. And I felt way out of place. It's um, a bit different to what you've grown up with then. Yeah. What was different for you? What 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 did you connect to? Um, just the feeling in here. It was very family orientated. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone was happy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, 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 the music was going. Yes. And um, my accountant was next to me with a pair of thongs on. That's awesome. And he had his hand in the air, and I'm thinking, this is, yeah. This is surreal, right? It is. Wow. So that day, you were preaching. Yes. 
um, and I again could feel my heart racing and I was just so thankful that he was my protector when I was a child, when I was getting abused and then I finally felt that he he was coming back into my life again. Wow, wow. Yeah. amazing. So you, at the end of the service, did the same as what the guys have talked about, just put your hand up and said, I want to begin a relationship with God. Yep. So what in in that moment of that prayer, did something change for you? Um, I actually felt like I was saved. Right. Yeah, you I thought my, yeah, my life was going to be different and I knew that I had somebody I could talk to Awesome. Because I never in my life was, even with my children, I couldn't talk to anybody wow. because nobody understands what it's like to wow. to what suffer you what you through. suffer through. Yeah, but Jesus understands. He does. He's been betrayed. And he's, he's, been he's what keeps me going. That's awesome. Yeah. So t- tell us then, last thing, you also did this Alpha course I to kind of really get the basics and understanding. Yep. So what happened as you did that? Um, I started Alpha two weeks after I come to church. Yeah. And um, I was very quiet in the class mm-hmm. and um, I was just taking it all in. Yeah. Um, and as I got used to being around people again, um, by the time I finished the Alpha course, um, I was medication free. Wow. Wow. Um, and then two months later, I was baptised. Yes. Yes. And what um, was that like? I, I did say um, I've been married a couple of times and... Um, it, it the, the experience I personally felt was better than my wedding day. Wow. Best day, hey? It was my best day ever. Best day ever. Yep. Leaving your past behind, a yep. brand new start. Yeah. And no looking back for you, Mandy. No. We're so proud not. of you. We love you so much. Thank You've you. done so good. Thank you so much. Put your hands together, church. Incredible. I'll get the band to come on up right now. Whatever your background... Whatever your story, whatever your experience, God knows and he cares. It's the amazing thing about Jesus. And this is why Jesus came. The Bible tells us that God sent his son to become one of us so that we would have someone in heaven who knows what it is to be a human being who's gone through the worst of being a human being, someone who's been betrayed, someone who's been beaten, someone who's been falsely accused, someone who's been physically abused, who's been, who's been shamed. And when Jesus went to that cross, he did it to take all that pain that we have so that we could exchange our pain for his love, our pain for his grace, our pain we could give it to him and his peace could come into our heart. And so I want us to close our eyes across this room right now before we move into the baptism moment. This is the most, for me, the most important moment of every service. And I'm asking, Father, right now that by your Holy Spirit you would come into this room. I know you're already touching hearts. I know that people are already being moved by the testimonies of your goodness, your love and your grace. Lord, there's no circumstance that any person in this room is in right now that you cannot rescue them from, that you can't change. All things are possible to you. And if you're here tonight, whether you're an accountant, whether you're depressed, whether you've tried drugs and alcohol and it's left you empty, whether, whether you're actually a pretty good person, but there's something missing in your life. Whatever your scenario, whether you grew up in church or whether you've never been to church, tonight it's not so much about coming to church. It's about receiving God's love into your life and receiving Jesus Christ's forgiveness. 
And so I'm going to do something in a moment while every eye is closed, every head's bowed. And it's simply this. If tonight, as you've heard these stories, God's been moving on your heart and you're saying, John, I want that relationship with God for me. I want that love in my heart. I want that peace. I want that forgiveness. I want shame lifted off me. I want my conscience cleared. I want to receive Jesus Christ. If you're saying that in a moment, I'm going to ask if you just raise your hand because I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to bring you out the front in your seat. You can stay right there, but I'm going to lead you in a prayer that invites Christ into your heart, into your life. Maybe there's been a moment where you did pray a prayer like this. Maybe there's been a few moments, but you found that you've drifted away from God. And tonight you find yourself in this place, disconnected from Him. He's not number one, but you can feel, even in this atmosphere, you feel Him drawing you back. You feel Him pulling you, saying, come on, make me number one. Let me come into your life again. And if in a moment you're saying, that's me, I'm away, but I need to come back, I want you to raise your hand and be included in this prayer. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven and you want to be sure, but you don't have a confidence. I would love to pray for you. I'd love to include you in this prayer. You don't get to heaven because you're a good person. None of us can be good enough. None of us meet God's standards. We only get to heaven because we receive Jesus and His goodness. So right across this room right now, as God's been speaking to you, this is not so much a head decision, it's a heart decision. God speaks to our heart in a moment like this. And so if you're one of these people saying, I want that relationship with God, John, something's missing. I want to connect with Him. I want to come back to Him. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Right now, would you just raise your hand up and say, that's me tonight. I want God to come into my life wherever you are. Just raise it up real high and say, that's me. I want to connect with Him tonight. Right across this place, would you raise your hand and say, John, something's missing in my heart. Something's missing in my life, and I need to connect with him. I need God in my heart. Wherever you are, I'm just going to wait a moment. I find in a moment like this, God is talking to us. That's awesome, man. Thank you. I see your hand. In a moment like this, God is talking to us. Our heart starts pounding, beating. Why? Because God actually is drawing us. He wants to rescue us and heal us. Thank you. That's awesome. I see your hand. Who else right now? He, he, he wants to begin this relationship with us of connection of of peace he's got so much that he wants to pour into your life but he won't invade your life he waits for you to invite him in and tonight i know there's there's probably another three or four people tonight you're in your seat and you can feel that god is pulling you he's drawing you close to him and if that's you you want god in your life i'm asking right now i'm going to pray a prayer in just a few moments we're going to baptize these people real soon. I don't want to move uh, past this moment, but I want to include you. So if that's you as well, would you raise your hand and say, John, that's me as well. I need to get right with God tonight. I need my sin forgiven. I need to connect with him. Thank you. I see your hand. Thanks, man. I see your hand as well. So awesome. Who else right now? You're saying that's me as well. Would you? Thank you. Right up the back. I see your hand. Who else right now? You know, tonight's your night to get right with God tonight's your night it's like oh you know there was a dream world saying it used to be don't say one day that day will never come don't sit here tonight going i'm going to wait until all the conditions are perfect and it's all it's all perfect for me to take this step no becoming a christian is a leap of faith 
There is a, there is a sense where you, you're not going to fully understand it all. You just take a step towards God. And in that moment, God comes and lives in your heart. He, he brings you alive spiritually. And it's only through being spiritually alive does things start to make sense. And I'm wondering, there's some people in this room tonight, you need to take a leap of faith. You need to actually step over some of your doubts towards God. You've got nothing to lose if you're to take this step tonight. You've got everything to gain. It will be a leap of faith. It will take some courage to do it. But I, I think tonight, tonight's your night if you'll take that step towards God. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, John, tonight I'm going to step towards God. I'm taking this leap of faith right now. Would you include me in this prayer? I'm looking right across the room right now. If that's you, your heart's pounding God's talk talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much up the back there as well. Thank you so much. Is there somebody else? I, I, you know what? I feel like I just need to keep going because there's more people. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I feel like there's just more people. I just feel like God's, like the, the tide's coming in for people and he's including different ones. And you're, you're kind of like, oh, would you, would you hurry up and finish up? I, I, I'm trying to fight this feeling. No, don't fight it. This, the, your, your best years of your life are the other side of this decision with God in your heart. Don't fight it. I'm taking a few moments for you, for you to respond to God. You, I, I, this expression comes to me over and over. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Nothing to lose by surrendering your life to God. Everything to gain. Thanks. Thanks so much. Who else? Last moment as I look across the room. You haven't put your hand up yet, but you know you need to now. Would you raise it up and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Who else right now? Would you raise up your hand if you're saying, yes, God, come into my life. I'm surrendering my heart to you right now. I want to get right with you, God. I'm going to pray this prayer. Fantastic, fantastic. All right. Oh, everyone who raised your hand, just to help me out right now, would you raise it again real high so I just know how many people have raised your hand? Would you raise it again real high? Fantastic, fantastic. Numbers one, two, three four, five, six, seven people who've ra raised your hand. Fantastic. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Church, I want you to pray this together with these ones for the very first time. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. I'm sorry. Thank you for forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you tonight that I am born again, forgiven, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Wonderful, wonderful. So proud of each one of you. Who